Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And the Sun Devils trailed early, trailed by a lot, turned it around, 20-point swing from down 12 uh, to up as much as 9. And then overtime and a loss to the Ducks. We get to take on the Washington Huskies for the Pac-12 Tournament Championship. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to swallow because uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it, the way the game started, um, not only trailing early, but Remy Martin getting hurt very early, and you're thinking, boy, this could be you know could be ugly. And can we survive a you know an ugly loss? And and then you know we come back, take the lead in the second half, really have the lead most of the second half, and let it get away. You know, in the last couple minutes there. That didn't play very well in overtime. Um, it just, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. And the, you know, the did you read the Doug Haller article? Um, I, I, you know, I think the players felt a lot like what we said on on Thursday night, which is, you know, this is our chance to win a championship, and we let it we let it get away. Uh, who knows if we would have won on on you know tonight, but we let one slip. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I don't think there's any two ways about it. Oregon's been playing great, but you know, the Devils got uh, Kenny Wooten in foul trouble early, yeah. and you know actually wound up fouling him out in the game after only 15 minutes of game action. But you know, it just seemed like when we made that run in the second half, it was an 18 to one run, and then yeah. we just sort of rested. For a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's tough to keep up that level of play, obviously. And, you, you know, you just like the UCLA game, they made their run. And, you know, teams are always going to make a run at you. And we made ours, they made theirs. Um, but, you know, we had, a, I believe, a five-point lead with, with under three minutes to go. Um, and, you know, just, just couldn't, you know, we had and we had the ball. And, then, you know, tie game with 30 seconds to go at two. Two shots at it. Didn't really get good shots either one. Uh, you know, bad, poor first shot. And then, a, you know, an offensive rebound that did not lead to a good second shot. You always hope that, you know, scramble drill there, you might get an open shot. But we did not. Um, you know, and then overtime, you know, the game got away from us early. Now we, we cry, you know, we clawed back in it and, and had a, you know, had the ball down by three. And Lou Dort takes a... a long open but long three and misses and you know that's that's pretty much it with you know 15 seconds on the clock probably didn't didn't need to take that shot um i didn't i didn't like it as it was going up if it had gone in i guess i you know yeah i would have been happy it went in but uh you know it's not hindsight criticism when i saw him pull up to take it i i cringed and for good reason well i mean it's process over result the you know lawrence yeah. has been shooting the ball very well edwards right. is your shooter and martin yeah. has been clutch for two seasons now yeah um, and all three of them were on the court yeah uh, and it know, leads like to any of them had fouled out or anything yeah so, it yeah. leads to the the thought for me at least that you know hero ball was still alive and well in George that's DNA. exactly the thought I, I had the same thought last night as i saw it and i was frustrated that it that it felt like a hero ball play. It felt like, you know, hey, I mean, and look, Dort's had a great year, and I'm not knocking the kid, you know, he's hey, been, he's been really good. Of the year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been very good. Great, it just maybe exactly, he, he's been very good. Um, but that felt like a, you know, I'm going to be the hero. And it was not the best shot. And, and look, you know, if, if there's four seconds on the clock, 
and you get a look like that, you take it. Uh, 16, that's early to pull up for that. I mean, that's one of those, like, you know, they had just, they, you know, they'd missed some free throws. The teams miss free throws all the time. Like, go to, go to the basket. That's what Dort's so good at. Go to the basket, lay it in. One point game, you know, you try to foul, you try to get a steal, you know, I mean, teams that do that, they, you know, you, you extend the game, you make a team have to execute several plays. And instead it was like, well, we're going to get it all back right here, tie the game. And, and it just, you know, wasn't that far off. I mean, it wasn't a horrendous shot. I mean, you know, it wasn't like he airballed it, but, but it just wasn't the best thing you could do in that moment. So ASU leaves another Pac-12 tournament earlier than they should have. And I guess, in a yeah, fa- in a familiar yeah. spot that you and I yeah. are used to, it is Saturday yeah, afternoon, yeah. and we might wait be for in. tomorrow. Right? We, I mean, it's uh, gosh, two thousand eight, two thousand ten. Last year, um, what was it twenty fourteen when when we did get with in Carson uh, and Marshall with Carson, and that we felt fairly good about, but it wasn't a sure thing. Uh, that was the year that we also had the two seed in the conference tournament got beat, you know, the first day, I believe, mm-hmm. um, by Stanford, I want to say again, that's been a familiar uh, refrain. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, this is familiar territory. Um, obviously last year we were square in it after losing in the, you know, the opening game on Wednesday. Uh, and I thought that loss had doomed us. I remember, you know, watching mm-hmm. the end of that game while I was at work and, and getting you know so frustrated that a team that had gone from you know number three in the country and, you know to, at New Year's Eve uh, had had you know I thought missed the tournament. Now we did end up getting in. I was surprised when our name popped up there. Um, this year, I'm more confident that we will get in. But you can never be. I mean, when you're when you're in the position we're in, and you're squarely in the mix of those bubble teams, you you can't feel great. You, you know, you just can't. Yeah. I know a lot of people feel like we're good. We're, you know, I've heard that, but you know, every year there's there's a couple teams that don't get in, and it's like, boy, I'm surprised that team didn't get in. And, and I, I can't help thinking that we could be that team. Well, my brother this morning texted and asked what I thought would happen, yeah. and I I said that I think three out of four chance we're in, um, yeah. no higher than a ten. No, probably not. an eleven, and hopefully avoiding the play-in game. I know. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those. Just like last year, you think, you know, well, would you would you uh, choose to get in the first four over not being in? Sure. Um, but boy, it, it sure would be nice to not get in that two years in a row. However, I'm not gonna not gonna you know look a gift horse in the mouth there and say, ah, but I'd rather be in the NIT. Of course not. You know, so um, we'll see. I mean, I, I know. Lenardi, I know the athletic, uh, they, they've got us in and not in the first four. Uh, but we need, you know, we need a little, little help today to, you know, if, if those predictions are to be believed, um, and they're just predictions, you know, we need some help. We need, uh, Utah state to win the Mount West. We need Buffalo to win the Mac because those are teams that are probably getting in regardless. Um, I need the American to be either Houston or Cincinnati. You know, they're, they're both playing in the semifinals today. So, uh, and probably, and you know, Washington beating Oregon certainly would go a long ways for us too, because they're going to get in either way. So mm-hmm. if they take the auto bid, that would be a help. Yeah. And I know there will be people who say, you know, should Oregon get in over ASU? They beat us twice in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. 
I don't think so. No, I, it's, it's not the whole season. I mean, in yeah. fact, yeah, Oregon's playing very well right now, uh, but they didn't play well for the better part of, uh, you know, three-plus months. Uh, they've turned it on at the end and won, you know, six in a row now and, and have a chance. Look, if they win seven in a row, they will get in. But that's the position they put themselves in. And no, I don't think they should get in at large. They, they simply weren't good enough. They weren't good in the non-conference season. They finished, uh, what, nine and nine in the mm-hmm. conference, maybe 10 and eight. Um, uh, you know, in an average conference, that's it's not very good. And and so, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, they, they won the games and give them credit. They're playing well. And certainly if they get in, they could be a team that could spring an upset or two, uh, they're, you know, because they are finding their stride. But they found it too late to get it at large. They they need to win tonight, or it's you know, it's nit time for them. I think. Yeah, you know they dealt with injuries, and it it's sure. starts with Bull Bull, obviously. But Wooten sure, missed time sure. with a broken jaw, I believe. Um, yes. Yes. And you know they're healthy now, but unfortunately, that like you said, that it doesn't matter that they weren't right. healthy in the games they lost. Right. They lost too many. Yeah. Games. Yeah. I mean, they lost too many games. They. They absolutely blew a game uh, three, four weeks ago against UCLA. They were blowing them out at the half by you know twenty plus and lost. Um, and, you know, and I mean those are those are games you can't. You know, they lost to Texas Southern in the non-conference season. Uh, you know, so no, they they don't merit that large consideration. And I know we have our share of bad losses too, certainly. And and that's going to be you know if our name does not pop up on the screen here and then you know roughly. 26 hours when the show is going to be completed um it's going to be those games that you know you have to look back at the princeton game the washington state game uh the loss to vandy even though it was on the road but you know a team that didn't win an sec game all season uh, it's you know those are the ones that you'll kick yourself for because this season's had a lot of highs and and you know you just it's hard to believe that a team that beat washington that beat kansas that beat mississippi state Utah State, those are four teams that will all go to the tournament. Uh, you know, swept Arizona, albeit not a good Arizona team, but, you know, still notable for us, uh, is even in this position. And it's because of those bad losses that we're in this position. And one of the things that I've seen a lot of people on ASU Twitter point to is the uh, record against Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2. Right, and right. And it's good. It's it's very good. It's tournament worthy. The the problem is yeah. we have probably more losses to quadrant three and four teams. Yeah. Than well, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the guy on the athletic. Maybe it was ESPN. I've read both of them off and on. But at one point in the last few weeks, and maybe this has changed, but they said you know we were the only team of all you know tournament contenders that have a loss to teams in all four quadrants. Uh, you know, so that's that's uh, that's tough to get over. Um, and, and home losses. I mean, those, you know, I don't know how much the committee weighs in home and away and neutral, but, you know, home loss to Princeton and a home loss to Washington State, those are, those are kick yourself losses. Uh, I mean, they just are. You win those two games, and instead of 22 and 10, we're 24 and 8, and we're probably not sweating this out. I mean, yeah. really, if you, just those two games take away everything else stays exactly the same. We're probably in, you know, in fine shape. We're looking at a 9 or 10 seed. You know, it's not the season that, that it could have been, but, you know, it's it's not sweating it out on Sunday. Yeah. And you flipped those two in Vandy and were probably on right. the top half of the bracket. Right, you know? right. You know, I mean, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's those ones. I mean, yeah, last night hurts, but, but Oregon is playing well. 
And, it, you know, it was a game that they outplayed us early and we outplayed them. And, you know, it's a toss-up game. Um, it went to overtime. I mean, it's... Right, right. You know, but it's it's those two. I mean, I still... The, the one that, that sticks with me the most and probably always will just because we were we were still in college and we were heavily invested was 2008, right? Arden's freshman year. And we had a pretty good season and we didn't get in. And I still think we should have, but... Bottom line is, I remember we lost home games to Cal and Washington, and that was a very good Pac-10. But those were those were two of the. I mean, I think I think six or seven Pac-10 teams got in. We might have been the seventh. You know, it was a deep Pac-10, and those were two of the three worst teams. And we lost at home to both of them. And I have always looked back at that and thought, you know, you, you you only you only can blame yourself. You win those two games, and and the bubble isn't even a worry for you. Do I think we should have got in that year? I always will. But at the same time, when you lose games that you shouldn't lose, you can only look in the mirror and say, it's on you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing about the basketball tournament. You know, it's not, we talked a lot about football this year and UCF, and you you pounded the drum about, you know, know, the unfairness. And I agree with you that, you know, UCF can win every game and not get a chance. Well, in basketball, that's not the case. You know, you you can lose eight, nine, ten plus games, and usually still feel pretty good about getting in. Um, and so, you know, when you don't get in, it's because you didn't win enough games. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's true. We have if we don't get in, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Um, I think that the scheduling that ASU has done under Hurley has really mm-hmm. been a huge benefit. Oh sure, I mean, you got us in last year. There's, there's no doubt about that. You know, with the, with the weak conference record that we put forward, we only got in because of the non-conference, you know, scheduling and wins. And if we get in this year, it's going to be a big reason for that too. I mean, our conference performance was much better, record-wise, but the conference itself was not as good. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge feather in our cap is that we played some good teams. We went away from home. Uh, you know, we, we played neutral site, uh, road games, home games, uh, and, and, you know, beat some good teams, lost to, you know, a good team in Nevada, played them competitively. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it, it's certainly a feather in our cap compared to some other teams we're competing against for these spots. Yeah. Um, I think we really, as a program, you know, you and I before the year started, what would be okay? What wouldn't? Yeah. What, what would we like? What wouldn't we? This was okay. We're. I think we're still pointed in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's. You know, Dort's gonna leave. I think yeah. that's pretty clear to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cheatham is not going to even try for that extra Come year of eligibility down. that was once referenced. Right. Right. So, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's he's got a chance to play pro ball. I, I don't know if he'll get picked in the draft, but you know, I could see him being a. I could see him being the type of guy that you know ends up being a, a, a vital bench guy in the NBA. I mean, he's never going to be a star. He's never going to probably even be a starter. But you could, you know, his his type of play, what he does, it's it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of guys like him, and only a few are going to get the opportunity. But you could see him being a, a seventh or eighth man off the bench for a good team. Guy who comes in and just gets rebounds, can handle the ball, play defense, scores maybe you know five points a game if that. But you know, a, an important piece on a team. Hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't blame him. And I don't blame Dort. I mean, look, if Dort's got a chance to go in the first round. Anywhere we'll in the first round. Uh, you know. oh, yeah, absolutely. In the first round, you, you go. And and again, we, we talked about this a while back. You know, the mentality has changed to, you know, you, if you go in the second round, you go. Even if you're going to go undrafted, you go. Because you go play in the G League, you can get a contract. And, you know, it's not like it was when we were in high school and, you know, kids were going to high school, the pros, and if they didn't get picked, it was like, oh, what a disaster. That's, you know, things have changed. There's these opportunities now that are out there. And it's a tough road, but it gives you the opportunity that didn't used to exist if you're not drafted high or drafted at all. Yeah. The other thing about it is, you know, I I read in Doug Haller's Q&A on The Athletic, somebody said, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the time Scott Perra, I think it was, and met with James Harden and said, well, here's what you can make if you're number 16 and here's what you can make if you're top five. Now, you know, your NBA contract as a rookie really is secondary to what kind of endorsement, shoe deals, um, and how quickly you can come out. And in some instances, you may be better off, you know, in the second round if you're good enough because – by the time, you know, there's one less guaranteed year where the team can control yeah. you. I was going to say, you get a shorter contract. And, yeah, I mean, I think the, the mentality now among basketball players is start the clock as soon as possible to getting that second contract. The rookie contract, I mean, it's good money. You know, if you're, if you're a top ten pick, you're making good money. If you're a first-round pick, you're making good money. But it's not, it's not you know, uh, the huge contract it used to be. And so it's all about starting that clock and getting getting in there as soon as possible because then you you know you have your three or four years or whatever it is till you can try to make big money. Now a lot of guys fail at that, certainly you know. But but yeah, I, I think he's going to go and and probably should because here's the other thing, and this is the thing that frustrates me about basketball, but it's it's just the way it is. Staying oftentimes does not improve your draft position. We used to say that. We well, now to, there's you know, a because the next wave of guys, right? You there's know? always another wave that has less on film, and so therefore less warts are known, and they're more intriguing. And and you know, I mean, I remember was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the kid's name. Nick Johnson played at Arizona. Yeah, he was from here. He's a local kid. He went to Arizona, and he was good, good college player. And after his junior year, it was like you know, it was basically just presumed like he's going to come out. He's probably not going to get picked in the first round, and he didn't. But it was like, well, he's not going to improve his stock at all by coming back. And I thought, boy, things have changed because that used to be the used to be the opposite. You know, like, come back and you can improve your stock. Now it's it's almost looked at as a negative when you stay in college too long. If it's, you're in college for it. three years, you have to have a reason. And yes. if you're there for four years, you're probably not an NBA prospect. You're probably not. No, no. I mean, there's a few exceptions. You know, there, there are. But it's and, guys who show some sort of dramatic improvement between right. their sophomore and junior right. year and then prove yeah. it in their senior you year. You don't see the top-level prospect. And Lou Dort was, you know, I mean, look, he wasn't, he was he a, wasn't LeBron James. But he was but a five-star. You know, a four- or five-star recruit by everybody, yeah. Um, and you don't see a guy like that stay in college for three or four years unless things have gone way sideways for him. And generally, if they are in college that long, they're on their third or fourth college. By the time they come out, they've been to JUCO, they've transferred. You know, you don't see a guy stay three, four years anymore who's got that kind of ability. And look, he's got he's got things that are going to appeal to the NBA. 
Uh, his, he's his athletic defense. as all get out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is. He's a guy that if you've got a good coach, good coaching staff, you will feel very, you know, confident getting him, being able to mold him. Not going to be an impact guy as a rookie. Probably, if he does get drafted, will not spend a lot of time even with the NBA team. But if you work with him, you you know you get a shot, doctor. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, you get him to be a better shooter. He can handle the ball. He can play defense. He's big enough to, you know, rebound if necessary. He can play defense on, you know, point guards, shooting guards, probably even small forwards. You know, again, is he ever going to be an all-star? I doubt it. But he's a guy who could develop into something. Now, could and and will is a huge difference. I don't know if he will. Uh, The road is, you know, littered with guys who could develop into something and didn't. But, yeah, he's got potential. And so, yeah, I, I expect him to go, and I, I don't blame him if he does. But I agree with you, you know, going back to, the, you know, the program as a whole. It, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult year to assess right now because we still don't quite know how it's going to end. I mean, if we, if we get in the tournament and we win a game, even just one game, you know, it'll feel like, wow, that was, that was a great season. You know, things were good. Mm-hmm. If we end up missing the tournament, you feel like, boy, we missed a real golden opportunity. And in some ways, I think we did miss a golden opportunity to have a great season. We had a good season. But, you, you know, you, get, you think about the losses that we had, and then you think about the wins that we had, and you think this could have been a team that won, you know, 25, 26 games, won the conference, and we didn't quite get there. And, and you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get at that. You hope a bunch, but you can't guarantee that. I think – if we're going to talk positives, um, Kimani Lawrence coming off of a really frustrating freshman year yeah, with injuries yeah. and just never finding his stride, really turned it on in a number of games. And if he can find, if he can hit that level, game in game out next year, mm-hmm. he's going to be, you know, uh, certainly among the first or second team Pac-12. Sure, sure, I agree, and. And, you know, I think the biggest thing you feel confident in going into next year is Remy Martin as the point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a very solid season. And he is he is the, the great, you know, if you're a fan of a college team, as we are, he's the perfect type of player because he's not an NBA prospect. No, no, I, I don't think he has any chance of ever playing in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong. His best, but, his best shot is whatever Jorge Gutierrez did in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, maybe he will. Maybe he's a guy who will garner some notice. And but he's not. I mean, he feels like a guy who's going to be here four years. Maybe again, uh, maybe I'm wrong. But you think you've got two more years of him? He's a, a you know, he's a spark plug, emotional leader. He got. He certainly was a better shooter this year than last. It's not mm-hmm. pretty coming out of his hands, but it, it goes in a lot. Um, he's not afraid to, you know, attack and, and drive. He's a good defender. Uh, so, I mean, I think you feel really good. I mean, it's kind of like having your quarterback back. You feel good having your point guard back. And we've got it back and should be back for, I think, two more seasons. So that's positive. And, yeah, Lawrence was, was good. White got, you know, White had a solid year. And he's got uh, probably two more years, too. He's got, yeah, yeah, you know, um, uh, come on, you know, you, you mentioned Lawrence, Tayshawn Cherry had some nice moments. You know, you yeah. hope that he can maybe uh, have a, a Kamani Lawrence like freshman to sophomore year. If and his, some nice moments. If but, his health cleans up, right. and if his emotional frustration 
uh, yeah. can get toned down because yeah. he – look, I'm not saying turn off the passion because it's clear that that's part of what drives sure. him and makes him a good player. But it's channeling a threat. I mean, look, Bobby yeah. Haley was a fiery guy and oh, it's yeah. the, the yeah. oft-told story about how the Duke coaches put together a clip of him um, <laughs> you know, being frustrated, showing his right. frustration – and told him, if you want to be a leader, that you got to tone this down. Right. And I right, think that yeah. that is some of it. But, you know, Cherry's also the first guy on the floor uh, for loose balls all the time. Sure, sure. I mean, he had – the Kansas game was the was the perfect, you know, synopsis of Tayshaun Cherry. And, we, you know, we were there to see it, obviously, the whole – you know, had some really nice moments, made a couple big shots. But then gets, you know, gets a little too emotional starts barking at the refs and, and wasn't on the court late because I don't think that, you know, Hurley felt he could trust him in the big moment, even though he had a pretty good game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he, he can see the potential and definitely health is a concern. I mean, he started the year with a knee problem and then has, you know, had various concussion-related problems, uh, you know, not quite sure he's missed games here or there with whatever it is. So um, you, you hope he can be more consistently available. And, you know, and then you got Rob Edwards thinking of him as, as we're talking. He had a, a nice year, uh, you know, started the year injured as well, but, you know, developed into a pretty good shooter, yeah. certainly our best outside shooter. So you'll have, I think, have. I think you'll see more of the two uh, foreign born players, Scheibel and Valton. Yes, I uh, can see that. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think I mean, Mitchell's gone. I, I think that everyone yeah, I seems mean, you to. Wonder, I, I, yeah. I just don't know if he's going to get healthy again. I'm not play, sure either. Yeah. And this is yeah. the spot for him to do that. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing about basketball is as we're sitting here outside of Remy Martin and probably Rob Edwards, uh, there's nobody I would take to the bank and say, I, I bet, you know, a, a month's pay that this guy's going to be back next year because transfers are hugely plentiful. And as much as we talk about, you know, Kamani Lawrence or Mellor White, are they the type of guys that you wouldn't be totally shocked if in, you know, May you hear, uh, they're transferring to another place? I would not be because that's just how basketball is now. I hope not. I mean, the one thing I'd like to have on this team is a fair amount of, you know, returning contributors, if not returning starters. Uh, because it seems like so often this year was another year. It's like, you come in with excitement, but you're replacing, you know, I mean, this year with Scott, we're replacing however much percentage of our scoring assists, et cetera, from those three guards. And so you have to temper your expectations. It'd be nice to feel like we're coming back with, you know, five or six guys who contributed last year, plus the, the talent we're bringing in. Um, not a, you know, elite recruiting class, but, a, you know, a decent class of guys. Maybe we bring in a transfer or two, you know, we probably will. And then we've got something. You know, we got a team that can hopefully, you know, again contend for the conference title next year. Hopefully, yeah. The idea of getting to have, um, you know, Martin and White and Lawrence together for three years, right? Um, and a fourth next year, year would be their third together, yeah. and maybe a fourth. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can really do something with that. Um, yeah, you'd hope you, so. I mean, those are those are the types of teams that make runs and and surprise people. You know, go from a, you know we saw it in 2010. That was a perfect example. That was not a real talented team, but they won you know 22, 23 games because we had three seniors and three juniors that had a lot of experience, played together, 
you know, played good defense, shot the ball well, you know, we won on grit. And so you'd hope that that's the same type of thing um, with more talent is, is the best combination of that. Yeah. And, and the ability to add talent is there. You know, it's unclear. Howler again mentioned this, you know, what happened with Kyrie Walker and, you know, yeah. what the falling out was and are we even in the mix at all anymore? Right. But whether we are or we aren't, there are plenty of talented guys and, and Bobby Hurley has shown we are a nationwide program. Yeah. Gary and Martin yeah. are from California. Lawrence is from Rhode Island. Right. Wright's from Georgia. Lakes from right. the Virgin Islands. Yeah. You, you know. You got to be. I mean, you mentioned the two, you know, Europeans and then the, the big kid, Plavsic, is also from Europe. So, yeah, you you know, I mean, that's a, that's a way in college ball now you recruit Europe. Um, that used to be, you know, very rare you'd see a European guy in college ball. Now you see him all the time. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways of doing things. Certainly, you, you know, you want to be active in the transfer market this year. Two of our starters were transfers. Now, they were guys who did the conventional route set out, um, but less and less guys are doing that. And and so you look for those grad transfers. You look for those kids that are at the, you know, the small conference schools, the mid-major conference schools that are grad transfers who I mean, have you, a chance to you saw transfer that, up. You saw that this year with U of A. You know, they're right. point guards from Stanford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, uh, Gonzaga's got a kid. That uh, I can't remember where he's from, but you know, went to a went to a small school, transferred there. He's a grad transfer. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, there are good programs doing that. I don't love it. I mean, there was a big article on on the Athletic about that toward the beginning of the season and how coaches, you know, talk about how they don't like it, but you got to keep up with it. You got to do it because everybody else is doing it, and that's I, you know, and and Hurley hasn't shown a reticence to bring in a transfer or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, that's how you supplement your roster. That's how you replace Lou Dort. Um, you know, you try to, trying to find a, a, you know, an off guard who can step in for him. If you, if you don't feel great about the guys you've got coming in or coming back, um, how you replace Daquan Lake, you know, a backup big man, maybe who can block some shots, get some rebounds. You know, you're not getting an all American very likely in, in that market, but you can get a, a good solid starter or a nice guy to have off your bench. Well, it seems like that's, you know, for Lake, it, because of the work in progress that Plavsic is, or Plavsic, mm-hmm. um, you whatever know, it is, you're yeah. going to need someone, you know, because Lake wasn't just a 10 minutes a game guy. He no, was a shot no. blocker, he could rebound, and, and really, you know, his free throw shooting wasn't that bad for a big. Not bad, no, no, I agree, yeah, I mean, he had, he had some... Ups and downs, like everybody does. Um, you know, there were times he disappeared this year, times he fell out of the rotation completely. One game, I know he didn't play at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, not not a bad couple years. And, yeah, you're going to need that. Uh, you know, so if if, uh, if the big kid, Euros, is not ready, and I don't know if he is or not, uh, you know, you, you probably can't bank on that. So I think that's a place to definitely, you know, you look for the transfer market to see if there's somebody who's out there you know, grad transfer or somebody who's eligible right away. And again, there's going to be a lot. I mean, we, football has gotten a lot of attention for the transfers. Basketball is flooded with them. I mean, it's, it's dozens and dozens of guys every year that are transferring. So you gotta, you gotta keep your ear to the ground and, and, you know, get some, because especially if you do end up losing somebody to that, which is very possible, you want to be able to replace it. Yeah. I mean, a and ASU is not a stranger to it. Uh, 
Jethro and Sam Cunliffe right. both left the program. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. It's hard to say. I mean, I was talking, I was talking to my dad this morning, and he was saying, you know, he had read something about, you know, what they think the Pac-12 is going to look like next year. Like, it is impossible to project rosters right now. Uh, I mean, it's just—it's not like it used to be. You can't look at, at you know, roster now and see, okay, this guy's a senior, this guy's a first-round prospect, they'll leave, and you got these guys coming in, and this will be a roster. It, it's not. You're going to have transfers out, transfers in. You're going to have guys leave unexpectedly. Um, so it is. There's a whole lot that will still be determined before we get to you know October and practices start. Um, but I like what we've got potentially coming back. And this year's not over yet. I mean, we're having this conversation and it's taken on the tone of like, you know, sum up the season and, and look ahead. Um, no, but, but the, we, but the regular season tomorrow, is over. We'll see, you know, so, but the regular season is over and I think it's it appropriate to take stock. I agree. I mean, for the most part, I mean, cause it, cause I guess it feels like to, and, and I hope I'm wrong, but it feels like if we do get in the tournament, we're not making it out of the first weekend. I mean, I, I, again, I hope I'm wrong, and I'll be optimistic. I'll be rooting for us, and but uh, you know, this is probably not a Sweet 16 team. Could we get hot and win a couple games? Sure, you know, if you get in, you, we've got the ability to do it. But I don't think so. So you start to, you know, again, I I said to you on Thursday night, we're not going to win the national title. We had a chance to win this Pac-12 championship, and we came up short. So yeah, you, you kind of start to put a bow on things. But who knows? Uh, like I said, if our name shows up on the screen uh, tomorrow afternoon, then you we know we'll, we'll still we'll still see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to win six or seven, uh, and we might be the team that is required to win seven. But everybody's got the same shot when the tournament starts. There's no home court. There's no uh, you know points built in for being better. You, you go out and, and you play and see what happens. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.